Welcome to ECDHR in Conversation on Political Prisoners in the UAE. We hope that through this series, you will get a better understanding of the human rights situation in the UAE, which will cover freedom of expression, political prisoners, and the grossly unfair mass UAE 94 trial that imprisoned dozens of activists solely for peacefully exercising their rights to freedom and association. Our speakers will help us to reveal the truth about human rights violations in the UAE, given their personal experience and expertise on the subject. Thank you for joining us in today's episode. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to this very last episode of ECDHR in conversation about the UAE, titled UAE, Not All That Glitters is Gold. For this last episode, we wanted to have a different approach and have a more specific interview on the UAE Expo Dubai 2020 that is currently taking place. And so basically try to understand why uh, this exposition can be uh, problematic and what is the link between this exposition and the human rights situation in the United Arab Emirates. So to talk about the Expo today, we have with us Sanjeev Berry, who is the Executive Director of Freedom Forward, a US-based NGO that advocates for the end of US alliances with non-democratic governments. And this year, with a coalition of other NGOs, uh, Sanjeev initiated a social media campaign to boycott the Expo. And um, as a protest against the facade of tolerance and openness, and the different PR campaigns that were used to appease Western allies and provide some legitimacy to the abuses committed by the uh, UAE's regime. So Sanjeev, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so we will start with a very simple question because we have to imagine that many people that are listening to us don't really know the, the details or the context. So, you know, the universal exposition as its name indicates is supposed to be universal and is organized every time in different countries and it looks as something very independent so in the end why is it problematic that this year's edition is organized in the UAE? Well you know the United Arab Emirates is of course functionally a kind of dictatorship You know, it's a collection of principalities or sheikdoms that operates as a, an absolute monarchy where the public does not have freedom. And much of the public, probably 90%, does not even have citizenship. So in that context, just, just that alone sort of demonstrates the, the deep contradiction uh, between the spirit of a global expo or international exposition and the reality of life inside the UAE. And for the UAE, it's not just the internal repression, which is quite bad, uh, or including labor violations and, and other forms of repression, but it's also, it's also the reality that the United Arab Emirates is a major promoter of dictatorship in the broader Middle East, North Africa region. So the United Arab Emirates, together with Saudi Arabia's monarchy and dictatorship, has intervened against democracy repeatedly. Basically, kings and dictators don't want 
alternatives to dictatorship and monarchy to emerge. And so the UAE together with Saudi Arabia are both perpetuators of a kind of anti-democratic misery that has uh, harmed or even ended the lives of many, many peoples across the Middle East and North Africa. And on top of that, so that we can also understand better, the exposition is not just, you know, a business meeting, although there is a lot of uh, business going on, but it's also supposedly something to share values and a vision of the future. So maybe you could talk a bit about that, what the expo actually stands for and why it's so hypocritical in a way that it's taking place in the UAE. Yeah, I mean, the expos traditionally going back decades, you know, at least a century or more, you know, I've been an opportunity for people around the world to marvel in new ideas, new technologies, new developments. And, you know, of course, there's some question in our modern world of instant communications and a computer in everyone's pocket as to whether or not the expo as a concept is kind of anachronistic, you know, kind of an old idea. But, you know, it's worth noting that the United Arab Emirates, the rulers of the UAE, have invested uh, vast resources in promoting their expo because it gives them the chance to hide the reality of their system of government behind this sort of shiny curtain of uh, feel-good themes and uh, messages of cooperation while the UAE continues to support violence and bloodshed in Yemen where many, many thousands of Yemeni civilians have died because of Saudi Arabia and the UAE's blockade on the country in their war with Houthi rebels. You know, the UAE has backed the military rulers in Sudan, even after uh, Sudanese protesters pushed out their dictatorship. The UAE backed a warlord in Libya, uh, Haftar, whose goal, explicit goal, was to reestablish a Gaddafi-style dictatorship And it goes on and on and on, right? It's not a surprise that when Tunisia, the, the one potential democratic success story in the Arab Spring, has faced a, a kind of coup that the UAE's state media, which is propaganda, there's no free media or free speech in the UAE, as we all know, promoted the coup. So the, the agenda is very clear. Shut down democracy, shut down freedom, and maintain a military power and authoritarian rule and use the Dubai Expo and other events like that as tools for hiding the underlying agenda. In light of everything we just said about how bad it is that this expo is taking place in the UAE, you, Sanjeev, and your organization, uh, you initiated a campaign to boycott the Dubai Expo. Can you maybe tell us a bit more about this initiative and how did you actually come up with this idea? Sure, absolutely. You know, the, the history of boycotts and economic and social and cultural pressure is, is a long history. You know, the South African anti-apartheid movement worked very hard to give people around the world ways to put pressure on their white supremacist government as it blocked uh, non-white and black uh, majority rule, a democratic rule in the country. And, you know, the word boycott itself goes all the way back to to Irish tenants, I believe, and and who were facing an absentee British landlord or property owner. So there's a long history of using public pressure to break through uh, the propaganda and the sort of 
careful and shiny language and behavior of repression. You know, a lot of times, in my opinion, we as human rights advocates can be in some ways too deferential to the official hallways of power. You know, I've worked as a, an advocate and a lobbyist in different roles. I've put on my suit and tie and gone to the U.S. State Department multiple times. I've, you know, walked in the halls of the U.S. Congress as somebody who lived in Washington, D.C. and works, has worked in Washington, D.C. for a long time. And, and those are important places to be, but it's also important not to limit ourselves to those arenas. And when you have brutal governments or repressive governments attempting to build global propaganda events like the United Arab Emirates Dubai Expo, it's a powerful opportunity to, to demonstrate that, that this is a, a public relations exercise that should be disrupted. And so more particularly, what was the main goal of um, this boycott campaign and what do you expect to see come out of it? So the main goal of the, the Dubai Expo, the UAE Dubai Expo boycott campaign was to reveal to the United Arab Emirates and to their uh, Western enablers that there is global criticism of the UAE and that they're no longer going to be able to get away with the sorts of propaganda campaigns that they've engaged in the past. Um, the Dubai Expo boycott campaign follows last year's successful global boycott of Saudi Arabia's G20 summit, where we had multiple parliaments calling on governments to withdraw from the Saudi G20 summit because of Saudi Arabia's equally, or if not more brutal record as a monarchy and dictatorship. You had global mayors dropping out. And so in the context of the United Arab Emirates, when one year later on the 50th anniversary of this very young monarchy and dictatorship, uh, there was a powerful opportunity to say, no, we're not going to let you do this. And that resulted in the success of the European Parliament, representing communities and societies across Europe, calling on European governments and businesses to withdraw from the UAE Dubai Expo. You know, so we see that tension frequently where the executive branches of different governments, the, the prime ministers, the presidents, the foreign ministers, uh, will oftentimes align themselves with brutal governments out of naked self-interest, um, while the legislative branches, which are closer to the people in democratic societies, like the European Parliament, articulate the, the conscience of the people uh, in saying that, you know, we as democratically elected representatives from democratic societies call on our own governments, our own executive branches to stop supporting these, uh, these brutal governments. If we were, you know, to play devil's advocate, let's say, we could say, you know, actually the Dubai Expo is a great opportunity for governments and companies to, you know, do business and perform better in their economic interests. And so why should they care at all about human rights violation in the UAE? Because, you know, we could say in the end, it's not their country. So why should they care? Well, there, I think there's two pieces of this. I think one, it's important to be bluntly honest and to simply recognize that in many cases, uh, Western governments that claim to talk about democracy and human rights actually don't care, right? And it's important, I think, it, it, that can be a heartbreaking thing for a lot of us who have the privilege of being born or raised or, or, live, or, or are living in democratic societies, whether in the US or European countries, but that's, that is a heartbreaking reality. You know, the United Arab Emirates buys weapons from the US, from other governments across Europe. And a lot of times governments actually just don't care. And it's up to us 
as um, as educated uh, societies and citizenries to to engage and push back. Um, but the second and bigger reason as to why governments should care is because the biggest allies of Western governments in the Middle East, uh, which include the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia, are major engines of poverty, violence, and despair. You know, you look at what the UAE and Saudi Arabia have done to the Yemeni people, right? They, they have literally engaged in a practice of starvation in their fight with the Houthi rebels. You know, they've, they've clearly demonstrated they don't care about Yemeni society, they only care about power. And in the context of the Arab Spring, when Bahrainis were taking to the street and protesting their monarchy uh, and going into an area of Manama, you know, called the Pearl Roundabout, it was Saudi Arabia's monarchy and the UAE monarchy that as part of the alliance of dictatorships, the Gulf Cooperation Council, sent their tanks in to Bahrain to shut down the protests. And so these monarchies, uh, including the UAE, you know, which is hidden behind its shiny sort of reputation of Dubai and luxury and all of that. These monarchies are the biggest engines of suffering in the Middle East. Together, I would go so far as to say that Iran, the UAE, and Saudi Arabia, in their own ways and in their own arenas of power, work very hard to undermine freedom and undermine independent prosperity for societies across the region. And you mentioned a bit before the resolution of the European Parliament that called EU countries and companies not to attend the expo. But despite this call and despite the campaign you and we at ACDHR have been working on, most countries are currently in Dubai. Uh, a lot of companies are also in Dubai right now. So is it too late? No, in fact, I'd say it's the opposite. I mean, this is this just the beginning. And, and I, I, I don't want to obscure the work of other people, you know, historically. Uh, and, and I'm certainly open to being for someone arguing that what I'm about to say might not be entirely accurate. But I'm fairly certain that this is uh, one of the first times, if not the first time, that this kind of a massive global rejection of the UAE has happened in terms of the European Parliament calling for this kind of a boycott. So like all sorts of efforts like this, there's always a place where you start. And it goes from there. And because what we see is, you know, as the organization MENA Rights Group, the Middle East North Africa Rights Group is pursuing and leading on, there's a campaign to push back against the UAE dictatorship's desire to run the global law enforcement organization, Interpol. You know, there is now public criticism of an American TV show having its next season in Dubai, the Real Housewives of Dubai or the UAE. And so what began with the European Parliament taking this stand and what began with many women's rights and human rights organizations around the world calling on governments and businesses to withdraw from the UAE Dubai Expo is going to continue to grow over time. And gradually we're going to get to a place where people see the United Arab Emirates as a brutal dictatorship, where women need the permission of their male guardians to get married, where 90% of the society does not have citizenship rights, where, where millions of people from India and Pakistan and Bangladesh and the Philippines and different countries in Sub-Saharan Africa are face uh, you know, exploitation and abuse, and where people across the Middle East and North Africa struggle under the bombs and weapons and anti-democratic interventions of the UAE monarchy. And all of this is going to, over time, become more and more clear. And as that happens, 
politicians, diplomats, and business executives will be forced to reevaluate their relationships with the UAE monarchy in the same way that many people are more careful about how they interact with Saudi Arabia's dictatorship. Do you see any progress um, or any positive reaction so far from both the governments and the companies that are attending the UAE Expo right now? Do you sense some sort of yeah, caution on, on how they talk about the UAE or how they promote this event at all? When we sent our uh, letters of coalition organizations um, to the governments and businesses, we received responses from multiple governments and businesses. A, a prominent CEO had her vice president directly contact us. Uh, a number of foreign ministries responded. And so it was clear that the information was being taken in and absorbed and the criticisms were being absorbed. The question for any diplomat or politician or business executive often is a political question. Are the costs of engaging in a problematic activity greater than the profit of one form or the other to be accrued? You know, like these are very crass and amoral, if not immoral calculations that are made all the time. And so our job is as advocates for human rights, women's rights, as people who stand in solidarity with democracy activists is to increase the cost. And that, that begins with, with the campaign that has successfully disrupted the opening of the UAE Dubai Expo, but it's going to continue from here. There are already thousands of people who have signed on to a global petition calling on CNN, the quote-unquote official broadcaster for the UAE Dubai Expo, to reveal its contract uh, and financial terms of, uh, and financial relationship with the UAE dictatorship. And it's quite telling that CNN has said absolutely nothing in response. You know, we have the possibility, I would say the probability, that the UAE dictatorship has essentially bought propaganda coverage from a major global news network. And so these are the kinds of things that with time and pressure, governments uh, and their enablers can't hide from. You know, and so our, our job is to, to heighten the pressure, heighten the public awareness, you know, so we can start moving towards a world where dictators have less freedom to, to do what they do. And so to end this very interesting conversation, just a simple question. What, what are the next steps that we can all take as, uh, uh, of course, as NGOs, but also as civil society? Sure. So a simple one is to join the Freedom Forward petition calling on CNN to reveal its dictator contract and the terms of its relationship with the UAE dictatorship. And that is available at freedomforward.org. If you go to freedomforward.org. That's the first one. Uh, the second one from there is once people are involved in online lists, uh, that there are going to be future actions we can take targeting executives, targeting Hollywood producers who are involved in other related propaganda promotions for the UAE and the broader campaign there. And if, if folks who are listening to this are members of human rights or civil rights uh, organizations that are concerned about this issue, um, we would welcome them as part of our informal network of organizations, you know, that, that Freedom Forward and, of course, uh, ECDHR are both a part of, so that we can continue to build the, the size of our community of organizations that are highlighting these issues. On these uh, inspiring words, uh, thank you so much, Sanjeev, for uh, this uh, interview. And uh, thank you to everyone who has been listening to our uh, episodes on the UAE. We hope 
that you have learned a lot about the reality of what is happening in the UAE and that you specifically understand better why it is problematic that uh, the Dubai Expo is taking place right now. Sanjeev, once again, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for all of your important work. I really appreciate it. Thanks. On behalf of ECDHR, thank you for joining us and for listening to our podcasts. It has been a great pleasure to learn about the human rights situation in the UAE from experts and activists who have experienced it. And we would like to once again thank our participants for their contribution. Please keep following our social media channels and discover our new projects.